Welcome to Marketing Talks, a podcast that unpacks the careers of marketing leaders by providing insight on how they are growing the brands and organizations they are a part of. Learn practical tips and strategies on how you can grow within marketing while avoiding mistakes along the way. Hey everybody, my name is Jonathan Kaur and in today's Marketing Talk, I'm going to be talking to the Senior Account Base Marketing Manager for a SaaS company called iCertis in Bellevue, Washington. My guest, Jason, uh, Jason Hinojosa, has been in the marketing field for over 12 years now and has a history of working in fast growth startup environments. He was also formerly the marketing director for Here Seattle, a nonprofit dedicated to supporting an inclusive culture in tech. Thanks for hopping on this call, Jason. Yeah, thanks for having me, Jonathan. Awesome. Well, let's kick this off. Obviously, you know, like before we hit record and started, uh, uh, you know, going through this actual official recording, we were talking about the pandemic and how that's been affecting, you know, tons of people, um, yourself included from an actual business standpoint. So I'm curious, would you mind just sharing um, how you've been, you know, dealing with COVID just quickly on like a personal level, as well as like even from a professional level as the account-based manager for uh, iCertus? Yeah. So, uh, you know, I'll start on the professional level and, and you know, we'll, we'll dive into some of the personal stuff. But, you know, from a professional perspective, uh, you know, COVID kind of really was just a wrecking ball that, you know, kind of just like destroyed or just, yeah, just basically destroyed all, all marketing plans anybody had at the beginning of 2020. You know, I think, you know, from a, from an overall perspective, demand started to be, especially in the B2B space, you know, given, you know, where we are in the economy and, you know, what was having to happen with the shutdowns, like a lot of, uh, just a lot of marketing plans changed. I mean, targets changed, demand changed, uh, deals that you thought you might've been closed or abruptly closed, you know, you, you thought you might've been able to, to work through were like abruptly closed. And there's just, there was just a lot of change. And, you know, a lot of that was coming from, you know, just a, a big level of uncertainty in the air. And so, you know, for our side, you know, a big part of it was just, you know, readjusting our ideas into, you know, what made sense now in this sort of post-COVID world. And you could imagine in those first couple of months, like nobody knew what that was. So it was just, you know, we, we kind of, you know, at, at service, we kind of had this saying of staying loose in the saddle and, you know, day to day, week to week, things would change. And, you know, it was just this idea that you don't have to worry about being, you know, staying true to your marketing plan or staying true to the targets you set even a month ago that this whole thing that's happening, it's like we're in this whole big level of uncertainty and let's just try to to figure figure and navigate our way out of that. And But I would say, you know, kind of post-COVID and, you know, now that, you know, that this kind of seems like it's going to be our new normal, it's, it's actually kind of, you know, it's, it's actually been really refreshing. Um, you know, I feel a lot of things, obviously, because of the climate, have moved digital. And, you know, and as a digital and ABM marketer, that's always like a you know, positive sign for us. <laughs> and then uh, I think, you know, people in other companies are starting to understand, you know, what the world and like how to navigate in this world. And things are starting to become, you know, I think that's the scare and the nervousness everyone had at the very beginning is, is kind of starting to calm down a little bit. And people were able to start making decisions uh, and, you know, buying cycles have opened back up and, but now just everything is switched to the digital space. So, you know, in that world, you know, I think, you know, CPL cost per leads and just like the competition's gotten higher, but it's also forcing marketers to, 
to up their game in digital. Now that everybody's moving to the digital space, it's like what used to work last year and what worked in January and early February no longer works anymore. You know, it's just this very saturated market. So it's forcing people to be creative to try to figure out how, yeah, just how to stand out in this busy marketplace. And then on the personal front, I, I think it kind of falls along the same lines. Uh, you know, the first couple of months were very uncertain, you know, and this is a lot of things to process. And as, you know, as time's kind of gone on, you know, you, you uh, at least for me, you know, it was just adjusting to what this was, you know, and a big part is like working from home and what does working from home look like? What does collaboration look like when everybody's in separate offices and how do you, so it's like, it was that there a big learning curve of like, how do you replicate what you did in the office for so long now in the digital space with everybody working at home and how do you yeah. carve out those spaces? Yeah, no, that, that's good. And I'm, I'm curious, just real quick, um, you, you had mentioned it's, uh, you know, and, and I agree, it's, you know, becoming oversaturated. A lot of people are having to pivot, you know, their overall marketing plan, marketing strategy, of, you know, approach and focus. I'm curious, have there been any other, you know, tech or SaaS companies out there that you've been seeing pivot really well that you've gotten some inspiration or some ideas from? Yeah, I've, um, I have. So, you know, uh, I think one company has done a really good job, uh, you know, Airbnb experiences. So, uh, and what, what I liked about what they did is, you know, I wasn't, uh, you know, I've, I've used Airbnb for a long time and I've done a couple of their experiences, which are like the, the tools we can get, like, you know, go do an art walk somewhere or go learn about coffee culture, you know, with somebody in the cities you go visit. And I think one interesting thing that they were able to do is make a pivot to start offering like digital experiences. And, you know, so I, I thought that from like a whole product perspective, when you realize, okay, now no longer people are going to be traveling and what the bid, the ent- you know, when your entire business model has completely shifted, you know, how do you operate in that world? And I think they did a really good job with that pivot. And then locally, I think a company's been doing a really great job through all this has been uh, the sales automation uh, startup uh, outreach. And outreach, they just, you know, like they've been putting out some really great content, you know, very, uh, especially in their world where, you know, they're talking to people every day who are affected by this. And, you know, they're trying to make sales and their whole success of their company is based on them being able to connect with people in this world. And, you know, just, you know, the, the, the content they've put out, the online events they've been able to do, and, and even just like the organic posts their executive teams have been making and, just like, you know, this, this really high level of empathy, which I think is just something that's really refreshing and different than a lot of other companies have done. Yeah, that's, uh, I, I, I completely agree with the outreach piece. I've, I'm, I'm curious to look more into the Airbnb um, piece that, that you were saying, but I, you know, I've been seeing Manny Medina post a lot of great content, yeah. a lot of great a lot of great news in the midst of a lot of uncertainty, which is really encouraging because it's, you know, you, you're hearing about, you know, different people for, you know, being furloughed still and so much uncertainty, but in the midst of that, you know, having a, a company, especially here local, um, just share some good news about, you know, new board members, new executive team roles, you know, like, and, and all these things, I think it's super encouraging. Yeah. I think they just closed the funding round yesterday. Yeah. I was huge, reading like, about which, that. And then, which is huge. <laughs> exactly. So it's just, you know, it's just, yeah, exactly. It's just, it's kind of one of those really great examples of like, you know, even though this, you know, everything is happening, like business is picking back up and it, it's business is kind of moving back to normal. Yeah, for sure. So now kind of like, uh, you know, reversing, uh, I, I guess, 
looking at your career from the starting point, you know, we were talking before we hit record that you're initially from, you know, Houston from H town from Texas. Um, <laughs> and, uh, so, so I'm curious, could you give us like a brief explanation of just kind of your career trajectory and how you eventually landed in Seattle and, and then eventually working at, you know, I as the, um, I, I saw initially digital marketing manager, but eventually uh-huh. grew into the senior account based marketing manager. Yeah, yeah, definitely. So, um, you know, as we were talking about, you know, I, I graduated college last year. I mean, the last time we had a big major uh, downturn and recession, you know, 2008, you know, I, I, you know, my entire life, I was, you know, kind of told, you know, you take these steps, and then you graduate from college, and eventually, then you go into a career. You know, I, I was a marketing minor, a comm study major, and you know, had this really grand ambitions of wanting to go into marketing right out of college. And I, you know, I graduate and really we're in a, in a, in a, in a recession, nobody's hiring. And the few places that are hiring are having hundreds of applicants. Cause you know, it was just a really tough space to get into. Um, so at that point, you know, I, I went and wanted to go into marketing. I figured that the best route of doing that, um, a friend and I, we started our own marketing agency. And, you know, we didn't know too much about what was happening. We didn't know what was needed, but we knew we had some skill sets and we knew we could learn really quickly. And um, so I was like, you know, the best thing I could do, I, I need, I need five years experience to go into an entry level job. <laughs> so the best thing I could do is create my own experience. And at that point, you know, we, we, we first began focusing on like, on like design and like, you know, logo design and branding and, you know, photography work for a lot of like energy and oil companies in Houston. And at the same time, started teaching myself uh, through like Google and, you know, uh, you know, all of their analytics tools, you know, just what digital marketing was, you know, at this point, you know, Facebook had just started to become a force. Um, I, I don't even believe Instagram was out yet. You know, like this, you know, social books, but, you know, Twitter had just become a thing and like social media was really starting to rise. This whole digital people didn't really understand what digital and how to like, communicate on digital yet. Uh, so that, I thought that that was like my inflection point of like, okay, this is new space. There's a lot of tools to learn here. Let's let me start learning that. And so that's when I really started to like dive into marketing and I was able to leverage that experience. You know, I did that for two years. And then was able to leverage that experience into a uh, a project management position with a a small uh, tech company in Houston that focused on print technology. And you know, while I learned a lot in PM, was you know, project management was you know an important skill set that I still use even to this day. Um, you know, my heart wasn't into it. Uh, you know, I really still wanted to go back into marketing. I still wanted to do creative work. I still want to connect with people. You know, that was really what, where I was. And I'd still, you know, I was having, a, you know, because now my experience was in PM work, I was having a hard time moving into marketing in Houston and decided that I was going to use uh, education as like my, my jumping off point to get into marketing. So I, I started, you know, researching MBA programs and, uh, different MBA programs at that, you know, I didn't want to go to like your real traditional, you know, B school, like you know, an HBS or, you know, one of those types of schools, but, you know, something that kind of brought together my interest in helping people and doing good with business along with my interest in being marketing and digital and uh, found a school, actually found a school here in Seattle. Uh, 
called Pinchot University. I think originally it was called Bainbridge Graduate Institute, and they focused on MBAs and sustainable business. So, you know, their whole mantra, and this is, you know, this is now talking about climate change. This was now, what, almost eight years ago when I started, when I did the program and graduated five years ago. But, you know, we're talking about the climate, you know, climate change, social justice issues. This was really a school looking to drive positive change through business. And they were kind of at the real forefront of that. And that's what brought me to Seattle. Uh, I applied there in 2012, got accepted, started in the fall of 2012. Uh, and at that point, I was so ready to leave Houston. Like I'd been there my whole life. Uh, you know, I really wasn't getting to where I wanted in my career. And I kind of saw, you know, sort of like a Jack Kerouac book. Uh, you know, I saw myself going out West as being the way to, to, to pursue my dreams. <laughs> and so, uh, you know, as soon as I got accepted, I remember I was so happy. I even moved to Seattle like three months before school started just to just to get here in the middle of the summer and, you know, get my apartment together and explore the city and understand what was all here. And uh, yeah, so I do everything in my car, drove across country, didn't know anybody here in Seattle, uh, didn't have a job, <laughs> uh, didn't do any, didn't have anything. And I just made a big bet on myself that, you know, I would come here and I would through brute force, make all my dreams come true. And, uh, and then in that first summer, I lucked out and started working in a digital marketing position for, uh, at the time it was Seattle Metropolitan Credit Union. Now it's Seattle Credit Union. And, you know, they were just starting to build out, you know, they had a really amazing marketing team uh, with really great designers and really great marketers. Uh, but they were just starting to build out their digital, uh, all of that, their digital marketing efforts. And, and, you know, try to grow using digital marketing. And so I, I was able to step in there pretty early on and take the skills I had from designing and marketing, you know, from the agency that I started prior and my project management skills from this other job and kind of start to build out the digital world at the Seattle Credit Union. And I was there for, you know, throughout school and I stayed on for like additional four years. I think it's you know, staying there probably I think total about four years you know, worked a few different worlds in, in the digital space for a credit union, which is, you know, always really fascinating, right? It's, you know, you're helping people reach their financial freedom. Uh, but then, you know, reached a point where I just wanted to go somewhere that where I was moving faster. You know, that's, you know, one thing in the financial sector is there's not a lot of movement, you know, these come, you know, they're, they're larger, more established companies. So they're not growing at the speed, you know, a tech startup would. And now that I was here and I was, you know, where I was at, and I really felt confident in what I was doing. I then took that and started applying, found the job at Isertis. Uh, still, we were a pretty small company. We had just found, you know, the company had just found a real strong product market fit and they were looking to scale. And I was like, you know, the second digital marketer they had uh, ever <laughs> and really was kind of designed to help, you know, and kind of came in as part of the management team to to grow the company. And I think I came in right at our Series C. I think the Series C launched my first week there. And now we're at Series E. You know, the iServices is, I think, valued a little over a billion. So, you know, one of the Seattle unicorns along with, like, Smartsheet. And, and I, mean, I don't think Smartsheet because they're public now, but uh, along with Outreach. And, uh, and yeah, we've just seen this tremendous growth over the last three years. And, so, yeah, I was able to go in there, you know, first start help building out the digital marketing section and then eventually transition to ABM. And now I'm in this world of kind of both 
where I kind of straddle both worlds of digital and AVM. Yeah, that, that's really interesting that that you mentioned the the switch from you know the financial sector into tech. I you know like for me from a marketing standpoint, I have more experience doing marketing for construction world, and that's for sure a lot more slow pace. Like there's a lot, it's not as aggressive and it's not as quick as you know let's say like a tech company. So I'm uh, I'm curious. Uh, what was the switch like for you to go from a financial, you know, industry and, and marketing right into tech? Like, was it really like fast paced, especially being a, being given a, you know, series C by, by, by the point, you know, you joined or what was the workflow like? Uh, you know, like everything, there were, there were advantages and disadvantages, right? You know, I think one thing that was really hard in the financial sector for marketing was the regulation. You know, you had to, even though you weren't moving fast, you had to obsess over every single word you used and the disclosures that you set up and, you know, what you say. And, you know, I mean, every little thing you talk about and every campaign you get gets, you know, gets scrutinized because of like just, you know, NCUA and all of these other governing bodies and making sure you're not, you know, misleading your customers. So I think on one side, you know, that can get frustrating where you have that like, momentum for an idea and then it gets slowed down through the approval process. Um, so I actually enjoyed the, the faster pace. Um, but then on the flip side, you know, because we didn't have so much time to adjust, because we were moving faster, we didn't have as much time to, to obsess over every little word and every little pixel and every little. So, you know, I, I felt like they, they kind of, you know, really did hit two different worlds, but. Yeah, I mean, it definitely the pace was probably the most, I would say it was probably the most, uh, the biggest differentiator between the two is, you know, you were just expected to, you were just expected to move at a lot faster of a pace, you know, like, and, you know, that's, you know, and for me, like, that's really what I wanted. So I really enjoyed that. I really, you know, enjoyed lifting up my sleeves and digging in deep and just saying that I know I'm going to fail a little bit, but... <laughs> I, I'm, I'm going to take every failure I have and I'm going to learn from it and then I'm just going to move fast. And, and luckily with Isertis, you know, there's such a great marketing team that, you know, I was given that freedom to fail a little bit at the beginning and make a little few mistakes. And, but because I learned and I did so much there that, you know, eventually you, you pick up and this becomes this like tribal knowledge and then, you know, then you're able to succeed. And so from that and then like the pace, I was just able to keep up with the pace so that like it all kind of really came together. And I really do felt like tech was like my my strong sweet spot. That 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 that's awesome, especially given your trajectory moving, you know, from from Austin finally wanting to leave home and 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 just have something new, you know, obviously like you mentioned in the West. And so if there's anybody out there that's curious on, you know, pivoting into tech, you know, may, they may, they might be in retail, they might be in, you know, finance, like, like, like or the financial sector. What are some of the tips you would recommend marketers, you know, either start upskilling in or start, you know, d developing within their own portfolio to eventually, you know, pivot into, you know, more of a tech type position? Yeah. Yeah. A great question. So, you know, I think the best advice I give, I can give anybody, you know, wanting to get into a career in marketing is just try to develop as many skills as you can. You know, I, I think regardless of the industry you're in, you know, if you have design skills, you have a little bit of coding skills, you know how the digital marketing, you know, you know how different, different digital marketing channels work. You know how to read reports on Google analytics and be able to, to, you know, read a report and then take insights from it. And, 
then make something happen. Like as long as you start to pick up these types of skills, like everything else will just naturally come to you. Like it, it, it really is a skill based, you know, it really is a skill based, you know, um, field. And, you know, a lot of what I learned in marketing, I learned while also working retail, <laughs> you know, like I, you know, retail was, a, or also working in a restaurant or also working, doing these other things. And it was just, you know, if you can pick up these skills and you can do them well, then no one can ever take that away from you. And whether you're doing marketing for a financial institution or a construction company or high growth SaaS startup or, you know, whatever, those skills are always there. And it's just a, now at that point, it's just a matter of getting used to the company culture and making things move. But you'll always have those skills and no one can ever take you away from you. And, for, you know, whatever, wherever background you come from, whatever school you went to, if you have those skills and you're good at them, people will hire you because those skills are much needed. Yeah, I think that's super powerful what you just said, mentioning like, you know, nobody can take away the knowledge that you gain. So try and kind of be like a like a for lack of a better, just, just, yeah, sponge, just, just, just suction everything up. And it, uh, I'm sure you're pretty familiar with kind of like the T-shaped marketer, you know, like exactly. a breadth of knowledge, but then eventually you specialize in one specific area. So I'm, I'm curious with your position in particular for the few of those out there who may not know, cause there, there, there's so many different, like, especially now that marketing has, you know, it, it, it's, it's broadened just in general. And so uh, just for the few of those out there that may not know what an account-based marketing manager does, you know, what are some of, what is that role? Why is it important? And what are kind of some of the day-to-day responsibilities you have? No, exactly. Uh, great question. So it's, um, so it's a, it's a very specific marketing role for B2B marketing, for business-to-business marketing. And, you know, all digital marketing, you know, I think originated in the, the, uh, you know, B to C business to consumer space. And so traditional marketing efforts, you know, even with digital marketing, you know, it, it kind of takes that, that, that what they call inbound approach. So just like you, you know, if you were searching shoes on Google and you look at some Susan Nordstrom and then you, you leave the page and it follows you around and you're like, okay, this was a free targeting ads. It's, this is all still really inbound approach, uh, inbound type of approach of marketing where someone shows interest in something and then you hit them with it. It's like, okay, you showed interest in this one thing. Now I'm going to follow you around with ads to, to get you what you were interested in. And, and, you know, and that was the way marketing was done in digital all across. And then, you know, I'll say about four or five years ago with the trend that started to happen in the B2B space was knowing that, you know, that works for some space, you know, for some businesses, but especially in like SaaS business, and you, especially if you're dealing with large companies, like you're not trying to get someone to buy a pair of shoes. You're not trying to get someone to buy, you know, a, a jacket. You're trying to get someone to buy, you know, very, very expensive software that sometimes might take three or four or five levels of approval all the way up to your CEO. And there might not, you're not selling to a person, you're selling to a team of people, someone on the finance team and someone on the legal team and someone on the procurement team, someone on the HR team. And there's these representatives. So what account-based marketing does is, you know, it kind of starts off with, you know, companies deciding, you know, who are the companies they actually want to do business with. So you, you know, create these lists of companies and then you create marketing programs that are designed to engage those companies early so that when that company is ready to make that purchase, they think of you when they want to make, you know, X purchase. 
So, uh, you know, and from a day to day, you know, uh, well, I think what's really awesome with dig, you know, with, with ABM is it mirrors a lot. There's a lot of, there's a huge digital component to it. You know, you're building specialized landing pages or a special, you know, micro site for that one customer. Uh, you know, this is make a, you know, McDonald's or Nike or Adidas, you know, any of these one, you know, you're building this one for these sites, but then there's also this other component of it. Uh, where you can do stuff that's offline marketing, you know, maybe it's a billboard outside the headquarters of T-Mobile. Maybe it's, you know, maybe it's a dimensional mail piece and you find out that the CEO of whatever, of the company you want to work with or the, the, key, the key decision maker of the company you want to work with is a big Seahawks fan. So you send him a sign, Russell Wilson football. You know, and, and you know, you, can, you find these ways to like break into the account. And so a lot of it is, you know, you're looking at, you know, all the marketing activities you designed to go after these certain accounts and you're seeing, you're looking for anomalies of, or engagement spikes of when those accounts are starting to pick up engagement and, and start to interact with your brand. And if you set it up correctly, you know, you have these listening posts all over the place. So, you know, if they're following you on LinkedIn or they're going to your website or they responded to this one campaign or they went to one of your webinars you can see these and you're, it's almost like you're, you're a puzzle master. You're putting together all these little pieces and you're trying to say like, Oh, Hey, sales team, this, you know, this account McDonald's is showing a lot of engagement recently in the last month. I think you guys should reach out to them <laughs> and try to sell them because they're showing, they're showing a level of intent. So it's a lot of that. You're listening, you're, you know, you're listening to the sales team, you're listening to the customers, you're looking at the responses you're just trying to put the pieces together for everybody. Wow, that sounds really interesting. I, I, I like the illustration of puzzle. You know, this is kind of like puzzle pieces, but all, well, kind of one thing that came to mind right away when you're describing it is kind of like chess. You know, if they move this way, we'll move this way. If they if, if they have, you know, some sort of response this way, we'll move this. You know, it's all based on intent is, is what it sounds like. It is. It is. So, 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 <laughs> That's so a really I'm, good uh, way of putting it, too. I, I like that analogy, the chest analogy. It, yeah, it's it like at first I thought of puzzles exactly the way, but I'm like, you know, you think about chess, like when, when somebody moves, I don't know if you've ever seen The Office. Um, I, but, of course. <laughs> <laughs> so like the, 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 there was this one scene really quickly where Creed is playing chess with uh, Jim and basically like Jim moves one of his pieces and then Creed is like, well, if you move there, I'm going to do this. If you move there, I'm going to do this. You don't want to move there. You know, and, and so, <laughs> I instantly thought of that right away as you were explaining that. But, 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 so, so I'm curious, what's been like your most like, um, like your favorite campaign that you, that you've had for, you don't have to list, you know, specifically the client or the customer, but like what, what's been the most rewarding one where you're like, you just saw just so much momentum and then ultimately, you know, led to, you know, closing the sale. Yeah. Um, so it's been a couple, you know, um, I think, you know, most recently last year I ran a, as part of this, one of the first big ABM campaigns I ran was something called the, uh, we called it the internally. We called it the burner phone uh, campaign, and you know it, it kind of falls a line. And you know we had these these you know this certain set of these target accounts that you know we wanted to go after, and so we thought one of the best ways to break into these accounts because you know all of these these, these accounts that we were talking through had really low engagement. So there'd been a few people maybe on the website, maybe someone responded to like a webinar or downloaded an ebook a couple of months ago, but no real sustained level of engagement. And so what we did is we worked with an agency down in Texas, actually, 
and we created these, uh, it was called the burner from project where we had our inside sales rep from each of these companies, um, record a specialized video for X person. And it was uploaded on a, on a cell phone. And then we mailed those cell phones to high level people at each of these accounts. So when they opened the phone, um, when they opened that, you know, when they opened the box and there was a note that you know, explained to them what was happening in the phone. And then when they turned on the phone, there was a special program on the phone that only played that video. So it's like, Hey, Jonathan, I'm Jason for my service. And, you know, you go off and you, there was a whole script and it was such a fun video to create. You know, we had, we had to like write the scripts and then, you know, we, we shot the videos ourselves, you know, so, you know, and I worked with someone else on the marketing team. You know, we had the script and we were going through and, you know, putting the pieces together and giving feedback and then created this and then, you know, sent these out. And the thing with ABM, I think that's always really important to remember is things don't happen fast because, again, these, you have long sell cycles. So, you know, we sent these out and we didn't know what was really happening. But then uh, shortly, maybe a month later or a month or two later after sending that project out, uh, one of our salespeople were in a meeting with uh, said company, one of the companies that received one of these phones. And the first thing they told him as he walked into the door, it's like, we knew, like, we knew you guys were a big marketing team. Like, you know, and then they kind of two people raised their hands, like two people in this room received that cell phone. And like, it was such a great thing. And that's like one of the reasons we're having this meeting with you. And so it was like indirect, you know, it, it was, it's one of these things you can't measure digitally. You know, you didn't see that direct correlation, but like, you know, he said that. So when they, after the meeting, they came and told us that and it was just like the biggest thing. Cause like, you know, you put all this time and you put all this effort and it was like creative and, you know, you got these phones together and, you know, I think it took them maybe a month to put everything together and they had specialized customized boxes that had our name all over them. And you're just like, okay, now what's going to happen now? And then, you know, you hear, it's like, oh, you actually left a really amazing impression on like the buying team. And we actually found like for that particular account, we found the bo- we found the buying team and uh, which is, you know, it's always tough. So then those two people, and actually I say that now because it's kind of funny and I'm not, I can't say the client yet, but that deal actually closed this morning. <laughs> so that happened like a year ago and you know, it's, it's kind of going through this long sell cycle and it actually closed today. So you know, the sales team, they sent something out that, you know, had an email that, you know, called out that is one of the, you know, one of the things, one of the, the campaigns along the trail of this long sales cycle. So very cool. Yeah, that, it sounds really cool. It sounds like it checked off all the boxes outside of being strategic. You said it was creative. It was different. And, you know, ultimately now seeing, uh, you know, seeing that there's a meeting based off of a campaign you helped, you know, you were a big part of. And then even, you know, today closing the client, obviously you can't mention it, but that's a bit, that's a big win. I'm super glad that I, I, I like that idea a lot too. Like it's, um, it's kind of like having a lot of things just kind of <laughs> go off into exactly. my own head. <laughs> so, so, so now kind of segueing in, in, into the next part. So you were formerly the uh, marketing director for Here's Seattle. So I'm curious, and, and that's actually initially where you and I met. Uh, I believe it was like two years ago at, at one yeah. of your guys' meetups. And I'm curious, uh, how did that opportunity come about? And, you know, what was the experience like working for, you know, a, a nonprofit uh, like that? Yeah, so it you know it, it originally started with me, um, you know, experiencing a lot of the same issues that here was trying to solve. You know, here was you know created to 
to, to open up a space and have the dialogue of people who felt alone at tech companies or who felt alone in the workforce and wanted a place of like-minded people to come together. And, you know, I was, you know, while I found some great friends, you know, when I first moved to Seattle, there was still, you know, if you've lived in Texas before and then came over, especially Houston, Texas of all places, and then came into Seattle, there's like, you know, major cultural differences. Like I definitely felt the Seattle freeze. My, you know, you know, and I came here as a good old Texas boy, you know, talking to everybody, holding doors for people, <laughs> shaking hands, like the whole nine. I was like a true Texan in, in, in that sense. And, uh, you know, you, but over, you know, over time, you kind of just, you felt that what, you know, you felt that like freeze and, you know, like while you were still making friends, like it just didn't feel like home and you missed having the, the people and, uh, and one day I was reading a GeekWire Geek article and it was, it was a highlighting the, the founders of here. So the four original founders of here and they were talking about the, you know, the organization and what they were doing and, uh, you know, how they met and their website. And uh, as I was reading it, I noticed that everybody on the, on the founding team was from the South. There was a guy from Beaumont, which is, you know, a small city outside of Houston, Georgia, Arkansas, Florida, and they were talking about the same things I was talking about. And all of a sudden, I was like, I have to join that group. And so I initially started going as just an attendee. I, I loved the events. Uh, I signed up and became a paying member. At that time, you, you paid for memberships. So I became a, a paying member immediately and would go into their, their show. I mean, to, to a lot of their events. And at that time, they were doing like monthly events. And I would talk to, you know, I would go find the founders and just go talk to them. It was like Seth, Todd, Dre, Eric. And every time I would talk to them, you know, we would just like talk. And then at one time I was like, hey, you know, do you guys need help? <laughs> and it's one of these ideas of just putting yourself out there. Like, hey, do you guys need help? What do you guys need? You know, I have some free time. You know, what, what, what's, what's up? And uh, at the time they had just been looking for someone to manage their communications and their newsletters uh, and just like they're both their corporate and their community communications. And I was like, oh, I'll, I could do that. And so I just started going. And, and then I did, you know, I did it for a couple of months. And then some people had left. And then they kind of, you know, it, it, was, a, it was really informal still. But, so you know, some people had left. And they needed someone to take over more of the communications and more of the marketing. So then I kind of just naturally fit into that role. And, you know, and the rest is history. I still talk to them all the time. Great, great group of people. And uh, even though the organization isn't doing as much as they were a couple of years ago, it's, you know, the, the amount of people I've met and the connections I've made because of here, I mean, even you, you know, we wouldn't be here today if it wasn't for here. So, you know, it's, it's just, it was just a great organization. Yeah. I think the power of networking is, is huge, especially, you know, given the environment that we're in within tech, but just marketing in general, I think sometimes I agree, you know, it gets lonely, especially for you since you had moved from, you know, a, a different part of the States and then, you know, having to come here and trying to find, okay, how do I make this feel like home? I think that's a, that, that's great perspective, great advice for anybody who maybe even just moved here or maybe somewhere else. And j just for a change of scenery and seeing what that's like is getting involved. Obviously given the given pandemic, there's a lot of things on freeze, but you know, there's a lot more groups online, different, you know, virtual events that are going on where you can network and meet different people. So I think that's, that's really good uh, perspective there. Um, so uh, uh, the last two questions before we hit the, the rapid fire questions, um, 
I'm curious, uh, you know, now having the experience that you've had, what are some of the skills or characteristics, you know, you, you've worked in different companies. What, what are some of the skills and characteristics you believe um, allow for a marketer to really stick out, you know, whether it's, uh, you know, within a crowded marketing, you know, team or even like a, a one man band who like, you know, the, the, the CEO, the executive team's looking, okay, should we keep this guy on? Is this worth it right now? What are some of those key skills and characteristics you, you think a marketer should have to stick out? Yeah, I think um, first and foremost, just a strong level of curiosity. You know, marketing is this ever-evolving field, you know. Eight years ago when I started, digital marketing was barely a thing. And now it's like a must-need skill. And now ABM, you know, four years ago, ABM has just started to become a thing. And I, I predict, you know, in 10 years, ABM will be the only type of marketing B2B companies do. It just makes sense for B2B, right? And so and so, so just picking up and just realizing that, that marketing is this ever-evolving field. There's constantly new channels. There's constantly new strategies. There's constantly new ways to connect with people. And it's always going to evolve. So just having this really strong, high level of curiosity to, to continue learning and continue to pick up on skills and continuing to just move to where the people are going. You know, TikTok's becoming a thing now. Uh, when it wasn't a thing, podcast advertising is huge now. You know, like five years ago, podcasts were barely hitting the, you know, they were there, but they were all entertainment. And now like almost every business has a podcast. So like understanding and being able to pick up on these trends and just being curious on what people are doing and where people are connecting. Cause that's what I've, you know, that's kind of what I've distilled from being in marketing for so long is that, you know, marketing is always going to happen where people connect. So always wanting to go find where people connect, whether that's, you know, it was Facebook 10 years ago. And right now it's like Twitter and TikTok and Instagram. And who knows what it's going to be in five years from now. And so just like, you know, you know, strong there was a curiosity. We've mentioned this idea of just wanting to hone skills. You know, if you can do stuff, if you can produce, if you can create, you're always going to find a place in marketing. And then, um, and then networking. You know, I think, you know, what's, what's really great about marketing is it's, they're probably, it's probably the group of some of the most friendliest people because everybody's just excited and everybody loves, you know, collaborating and everybody likes trying new things. Everybody wants to learn from people. And so just keeping a strong network of marketers out there, you never know what, when someone needs something, whether it's a freelance job or they need to hire somebody or you just never know what's happening and, and always just keeping a strong network of people. And even if it's just to bounce an idea off of like the amount of times I call people in my network just to ask them like, Hey, how did you handle this AB testing program? Like you did AB testing. What did you do for AB testing? And just finding these areas to learn from each other. And, you know, cause we'd like to think we know the answer to everything, but more than likely we don't. And, more than likely someone else already did it and they probably did it better than you. <laughs> so like this is going, you know, if you can, if you can drop that ego and just go out and, and learn from people then it's going to, it's always going to make you a very strong marketer. Yeah. I, 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 I think those two points are super solid. And I honestly, it, it sounds like this last question I'm going to ask you, I, I, I feel like those two kind of go hand in hand, but I'm curious if you were to, if you were to talk directly to Jason right out of fresh out of college, you know, 2008 in the middle of recession, what advice would you tell him about marketing, about everything you've learned up to this point? You know, whether it's any like, you know, limiting beliefs, some mindset stuff, you know, technical skills, all these things. Like what, 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 what advice would you tell him specifically? 
I would tell Jason to go go become as technical as possible, especially being young. Like when you're the younger you are, the easier things like design become. The easier things like teaching yourself to code is, <laughs> and and. A because I think your brain is fresher and you, you can absorb a lot more information. But then also like you have the time. Like you know when I was at work, you know when, when I was trying to find a job in two thousand eight, I was working retail. You now I was working retail part time, looking for a job part time, and then partying and stuff full time. <laughs> in reality, I probably should have been like you know I, I should have taken that time to say okay I'm gonna I'm gonna go and learn as much about coding as I could. I'm gonna go and learn much about design as I could. And I'm gonna become a, a great code, you know, whether it's JavaScript or even I went into backend stuff. And just like any little thing you're interested in, you know, music recording, just like try to pick up as many skills as you can um, in in that world. And and then everything else, the management piece, the project management piece, you know, the the quorum of just how to operate, and, and that'll all come with age, you know, and maturity. But like. Again, once you pick up those things, like you just become unstoppable. And some of the greatest marketers I know now are not just marketers. They're, you know, musicians. They are, you know, artists. They're photographers. They're, they have so much, such a wide level of interest outside of like their job of marketing. And that's what makes them such strong marketers. Yeah, that, it's interesting that you say that because like I've, I've been meeting a lot more marketers who aren't only marketers. They have a lot of things outside of marketing that they do and, you know, interests and and I, I think that's really good because I feel like it all plays together. Like, you know, something that may have inspired you in some sort of photography, music or art, you know, could potentially inspire some sort of campaign in the future based off of what you know there. So it's kind of cross-functional. Exactly. Exactly. So now as we transition to the last part of this interview, which is the rapid fire questions, my first question to you is what is your current favorite marketing tool or software that you're using? I would have to say Engageo. Uh, and so this is a, um, this is for anyone who doesn't know Engageo, it's an ABM software tool. And this is where you can find all the collection of all the sales and marketing activity that are hitting certain accounts. So this is the, you know, I, every morning, that's the, what's the first software I log into. And I'm really checking, you know, how are my campaigns responding across different target accounts? Great. So now then, uh, the second question is what is your favorite? either online marketing course or maybe even a course that you took in, you know, in, uh, in during your MBA or even undergrad? Uh, in my MBA, you know, I think one course that, that was really powerful. Now looking back at it is it was way ahead of its time was a social justice and business course. And so at that point, you know, we were looking beyond just donating money and doing, you know, that the, the philanthropy part, but then how do you really, drive diversity and inclusion within a business and make it core to what a business does. And, and what was great about that is just, I'd taken that class maybe now like five years ago and it was just a free, you know, it created a free space for people to come there and not feel the pressure to have to know everything and could be a little bit ignorant and ask questions. And everyone came with a really open heart. And it was just this way for people to, and it kind of like, even to this day frames the way I talk about social justice issues now of, you know, you want to learn, you want to, you know, you want to learn what's happening you want to know what's, you know, how the right way to talk about things. And even the, and even the way to talk about things where you don't know things. And especially now in, in the world, like now, finally, five years later, you know, a lot of the stuff we were talking about then is coming to fruition now that you, know, you can look at it with this more critical eye. 
And you know, it's still one of like the most unique business class school classes I've ever taken. That, that, I, super relevant then, super relevant now, and super relevant moving to the future. So I'm glad you, glad you said that. Um, so what is your favorite marketing or business book that you, yeah, you've read up to this point? You know, a foundational, uh, I, I, I want to go into marketing because I was in advertising. I loved advertising, you know, Mad Men. I thought, you know, I don't want to be a digital Don Draper. Uh, so <laughs> Ogilvy on advertising. And then, uh, which is just a classic advertising book and just, you know, a really great way to, to how do you think about ads and when you're creating that. Now, the, the last question of the rapid fire questions is, you know, who's your favorite marketer? Somebody either, you know, directly or, you know, someone you've admired from afar. Yeah. Um, so um, to bring this conversation full circle, uh, Airbnb experiences, uh, they're the head of Airbnb experience, the CMO, uh, a guy named Musa Tyreek. Yeah. And, you know, I think he's probably my, as far as a contemporary marketer, I think he is, you know, one of my favorite marketers for, you know, a variety of different reasons. You know, he's had, uh, he's had a lot of, he's had a very unique career, you know, and similar to mine where he, he started off in, I didn't start off in fashion, but I started off in some field that wasn't technology, you know, and he was, he started off as fashion and worked for like Nike and Burberry and did fashion marketing for like retail which was always my dream job uh, as a marketer when I was younger. And then, you know, moved into automotive and did stuff with technology, I mean, with Ford and then leveraged and became like Ford's youngest CMO ever. And then now is, you know, heading up uh, Airbnb experiences. And he just has this really interesting way of always looking and learning. I follow him on Twitter. I've listened to a few of his podcasts and he's had this really interesting way of learning and, applying different completely different experiences and completely different like frames of reference to help solve a problem or to help drive the current strategy and then on top of all that he has a really cool sneaker collection so like if you ever see him talk or watch a video of his he's always rocking like really dope shoes now if people are interested in learning more about what you do and connecting with you you know what platform you, you mentioned twitter but what are some of the platforms you interact with that people can connect with you on uh, Instagram, uh, Twitter, you know, LinkedIn's always a pol- you know, uh, I think it's just easy, you know, uh, you know, because it's connected to a professional, but you know, LinkedIn's always a good place to hit me. And then, um, email. So you can always send me an email. Uh, yeah, always send me an email and I'm pretty good at responding to those. Awesome. Cool. Well, thanks for coming on this call, Jason. I really appreciate you sharing all your knowledge experiences as well as some of the resources and campaigns that have been successful to you. Um, Yeah. So thanks for coming on today. Yeah, no problem. If you enjoyed today's episode, please rate review and subscribe to the show to receive more content like today's episode.